begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is Chris, a.k.a. Star Raptor, for Outer Rim Transmission number 72, joined by Milton and Ben, as always. This week, we're talking about the first Andor clip, some quotes from John Boyega relating his future in the Star Wars fandom and the Star Wars franchise, an update on some video games, and we're going to get into some good old Star Wars trivia. It's been uh, over a month since we got into that, so we're going to take some time um, along with all the listeners and watchers to get into that. So starting off, things as we always do, our week in Star Wars. And I'll throw it over to Ben on this one. How's it going first off, man? Um, good, good. It, it was a pretty good week overall. You know, just kind of the normal thing, playing some Xbox, working out, and um, lifting, of course, and spending time with family and friends. And, uh, you know, just been a pretty solid week watching watching some shows. Like we were talking before the the uh, broadcast started. We were watching House of the Dragon earlier in the week. That was a great way to start the week. Um, and then, you know, it was just a um, it was a pretty good pretty good week overall in terms of uh, that regard and like media consumption and stuff. Uh, so yeah, it was it was a good week. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be one hell of a month for <coughs> any kind of fantasy lovers out there for for the things on the screen that are getting. Uh, adapted from books and whatnot because House of the Dragons is based off of Fire and Blood and I read that it's basically like a a story told from the Meister's point of view of the lineage of the Targaryens starting with Aegon the Conqueror back 300 years before Daenerys Targaryen and going all the way up to basically her reign. Um, so this book takes or, or this show House of the Dragons takes a portion of that called Dance of Dragons which is the bloodiest era in Game of Thrones history and Westeros history and Gives us an entire, deeply rich story upon that. And after watching the first episode, I really enjoyed it. I didn't really have anything on the channel about it. I'm still wondering if I'm going to cover it because not only is that coming out, but then we have Rings of Power, which will be out a week from now. So as I said, if you are a fantasy fan, this is there's no better time right now because I've been hearing really good things about what's going on with Rings of Power from some people that have seen it early, reactions... And everybody's loving um, House of the Dragon. So, what a time, man. What a time. I've been saying this forever, or at least for the last year. This is the the best year for television. It started off with, with Obi-Wan and Peacemaker. And we got all Halo. this other stuff in between. Halo. Andor's coming out. Like, Bad Batch, perhaps. Maybe. <laughs> There's just so much coming out, man. It's, it's kind of overload. But it's great. It's an embarrassment of riches. It really is. Oh, yeah. You got to love it. You got to love it. It's, it's definitely one of the best, uh, best things in terms of being like a fan of all of, all of this media. Like, and, and that's a good thing, too. Even if you're not a fan, it's a great time to get introduced to these type of properties. You know, whether it be Star Wars or Game of Thrones or uh, Lord of the Rings or the Marvel shows or any of this stuff, the, the DC stuff even, like, you know, there's plenty of different things to get into if you're a if you're a fan or wanting to be a fan of entertainment. Heck yeah! What's going on with you, Milton, these days? I know you've been busy. Yeah, uh, real life, dude. Real life kicks in, but um, no, I, I definitely try to keep up with what's going on. I mean, I know you guys, you guys talk about it a lot more than I do throughout the week. Um, I mean, I know about the new. Uh, Lord of the Rings, not Lord of the Rings, geez, the new uh, Game of Thrones show. I didn't even finish like Game of Thrones. I'll be honest with you, I kind of fell off of that show. Um, but I'll probably check this out eventually. The new, I guess, the prequel. Uh, I'm interested to check out, obviously, that uh, Lord of the Rings prequel. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it is. So I want to watch that. 
Um, but no, like this week, it's, it's been a normal week. You know, it's been working, trying to keep up with the Star Wars lore and everything, or just with the oh, news. Yeah. But yeah, man, like I'm excited to talk Star Wars like always. Heck yeah. I will start off my week. I ended up going out and checking out the re-release of E.T. Extraterrestrial in IMAX. And I probably haven't seen that movie in about 20 years, literally. I used to, I think I have the VHS and I probably ran that tape to the ground at this point. But it's been one of those things where I always watch it and I'm like, well, when I was little, I would be terrified of like the jump scare of like the crops uh the, the cornfield where ed pops out and then when he looks like he's dressed like a like a woman uh that always kind of freaked me out so there's many little things in there but why the reason why i bring it up first off i'm watching the amazing documentary and i'm still living to my word with ilm light and magic i've been watching one episode pretty religiously every wednesday <laughs> i'm treating this as like the star wars wednesday release i'm getting ready for andor and i'm watching that every week and they had a segment about E.T. Extraterrestrial with Steven Spielberg, obviously using the help of, of uh, Dennis Murin and everybody that's involved with the visual effects. And they were t- they had a good 10, 15 minute segment about that where they're like, sometimes no matter how much money you throw at something at a studio, you just got to revert to some old school ways of thinking outside the box. And they were talking specifically about the moment when they're dealing with the, the bicycles flying through the air. And somebody was just like, you know what? We don't have money for all this. Let's just tie a rope to the bike and we'll just pull it and edit it out. <laughs> and that's like, and, and Kathleen Kennedy at that point was like, uh, are we really doing this? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And it turned out perfect with such a rudimentary kind of solution to a problem. Um, but not only that, there Dennis Muren was really talking a lot about how he wanted to shoot the different scenes and just the vistas and how he had the lights, the, the lights were a certain way that I actually appreciated him watching that and then watching this recently, seeing how the cinematography really plays with like the bright lights of the sun, the sunset, the fog. I love the beginning of the movie. There's just the whole creepy vibe from the music is just very foreboding. And then it just gets into it shows like his hand or his foot or silhouette of E.T. It's like very much like Jaws where they don't show the, the creature until the very end and all its glory and sort of thing. So I was really appreciating that. But not only that is, holy crap, are there a lot of Star Wars Easter eggs in E.T. Um, obviously, one of the most prevalent ones is, you know, you see the kid walking on uh, Halloween with a Yoda's mask on. But it's really cool because if you have a keen ear, you can actually hear the John Williams theme of Yoda playing through because as we all know John Williams did the score for E.T. in several moments throughout this movie I literally said out loud there's only like five people in a theater so I really didn't care I was like oh my gosh this music is amazing because it it really like tugs at the heartstrings it's so powerful Um, another moment is when he's just showing E.T. like all the Star Wars action figures like oh here's Boba Fett here's the walrus man, here's Hammerhead, and just like them fighting. And then at one point, I think it was either Elliot, the little kid, or his brother, I think it was Mike, starts talking in like a Yoda voice or something like that. But there are so many callbacks to E.T. I, I had to point it out as my my week in Star Wars because, I mean, man, I, I'm going to have to own that movie on Blu-ray because it's it's a treasure. I, I love that movie, and it was cool watching it on, on the big screen for the first time in my life because that movie came out way before I was even born. So, 
I haven't seen that movie in how long. I couldn't even tell you, like, how it plays out. But, I mean, obviously, I know it's a classic. And, like, I've seen the documentary, you know, like, I watched it all the way through. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that that particular segment, they do talk about how they had to, you know, just go old school. And Dennis Mirren has been such an influence on that company. It was just to see how creative these guys can be when they don't have all the resources that they think they should have. Yep. Heck yeah! Oh, what yeah. about you, Ben? Have you have you seen ET recently? Do, do do you remember those those Easter eggs that I mentioned? Oh yeah, I actually um actually watched it about probably it's probably before you started the podcast, probably a couple of years ago, two three years ago. Um, I just watched it actually because there was a there was like a two hour Steven Spielberg do- documentary that came out a couple of years ago. Oh. And uh, I think it was like 2018. Actually, so it might have been four years ago. Well, anyways, whatever, close enough. But uh, anyway, so I just went through and started watching pretty much all of the Spielberg, the whole Spielberg-like discography back then. And like I literally watched like pretty much all of his movies, like all his main movies for the most part, um, you know, when that came on. Because I was like, oh, man, let me just like check out everything, like, you know, like refreshers on his old stuff I've seen, you know, watch some of the stuff I haven't seen. You know, that sort of stuff. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I watched E.T. It was, it was probably, you know, three years, three, four years ago. But, uh, yeah, that movie's a classic. It's it's great. And it, even in that documentary, they had, like, behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, of course. Like, talking about an interesting fact about that movie, um, some people may not know. So, uh, with the child actors, like they expl- um, Spielberg explained, you know, this shows, like, his, you know, back then even, like, you know, thinking ahead in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. So with child actors, he, the way he shot the movie, the way you watch the movie is how it was shot because he believed, you know, teaching kids lines and stuff, you know, being as young as they were, he actually, you know, he didn't want the kids to be thinking, okay, wait, I'm saying this, but it's supposed to be happening at the end of the movie when I'm saying this, you know, in their mind, oh. they're, you know, they're thinking the starting of shooting is, is scene one of the movie when it could I be see. seen you know, scene 500. So Spielberg shot the movie, you know, when when shooting was done, that was the final shot of the movie, oh. actually. So it was just, it's just cool, like, seeing um, that sort of stuff um, about that movie, how it was shot in that way, um, scene by scene, day by day, and whatnot. But yeah, that, that's classic. Like you said, there's so many Star Wars callbacks in that movie. It's great. Um, and, you know, you gotta love seeing it um you know because you get those callbacks in those different directors movies whether it be spielberg or scorsese people like that you know that were friends with lucas back then you know they all kind of put their own little um you know their little easter eggs in their own movies back from uh, that time period oh heck or, yeah so fine fine memories fine memories in that theater for sure oh yeah all right. Unless we have any other Star Wars things off the top to talk about, I'm going to just segue into our next uh, section here. But before we go, before we get started, um, just a little bit of housekeeping for everybody. We go live on YouTube every Friday at 9 o'clock Eastern p.m. Um, we also have this available if you're watching later to download. You can listen to all our episodes on the go. Just search Outer Rim Transmission on any of your podcast download uh, apps of choice that done and out of the way off the top we're going to be talking about the fact that rogue one is apparently in theaters you can watch it right now uh there was a little bit of of confusion uh for me because i thought it was only out for like a single day 
which it's not out of the realm of possibilities. That's happened with many other feature films and stuff before. But I was looking on AMC and I was like, holy crap, this thing's playing until like September at some point. So I'm going to go check it out. If it's not this weekend, probably next weekend, I'll be able to maybe catch it at like a Saturday or something. But I'm very curious because apparently there's a nine minute and or behind the scenes preview. I don't even know what it is exactly. Maybe it's an entire scene. I don't know. I'd rather not know, especially if I plan on seeing it. I, I, I kind of want to be surprised if it is a whole sequence or whatever. Um, but what about you guys? Would you would you go out and see this and support this movie once again? Because for me, I, it's it's so good on the on the big screen, especially with that third act, everything going on, the, the mayhem, Scarif, really cool stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's one of my favorite Star Wars like films for for, for sure. As for Disney Star Wars, it's probably my favorite Star Wars thus far. Yeah. I mean, I thought that film did a really good job at telling that story that I think was needed to be told. I think I think some people would argue that it didn't need to be told, but I think Rogue One was a perfect segue into A New Hope. You know, and honestly, you know, I think I would start a lot of friends out with that movie besides just A New Hope when it comes to introducing them into Star Wars. If I said, hey you really want to see how this all plays out and how it leads into it, let's start with Rogue One. But um, as for seeing it, I know this morning you messaged me about seeing it at a theater. The one theater you mentioned is like three and a half hours away from oh, me. So shoot. That's, like, that's, okay. yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. But, but we do have IMAX theaters near me because uh, I live like 45 minutes from the state capitol. Um, oh. So I know there there's a couple IMAX theaters located there if they're playing it. Um, yeah, because I love I love seeing that movie in theaters. The sound quality of that film is amazing, especially that third act. You're right when they're on Scarif, uh, when they're at the Shield Gate. Again, Admiral Radis is that guy. So again, if that if that opportunity is there, if I have like a free weekend where I can go see that film, yeah, I I take advantage if I could for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Like you know, if, uh, you know, if I get a chance, it it would be nice. I think the closest one for me is like an hour and a half away. Ooh. But, um, yeah, so I'm not sure about that. But uh, even at that, like, uh, it's cool that it's getting, you know, it's it's getting re-released for people wanting to watch it. Of course, it's drawing more hype for Andor. Um, I mean, obviously. And then, as you said, Milton, like, it's, it's to me, it's the best Disney Star Wars movie, in my opinion. Um, just for, I think it's the closest thing to Star Wars, to feel like a the original Star Wars trilogy as we got out of, all of the new um, movies released. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's the best quality one. And then I just, uh, I really enjoyed that movie. Like you both said, like the, the build up, the ending. Um, not, I'm not a fan of Saul Guerrero in that movie, but that's fine. Every movie has flaws. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's great that it's getting re re-released. Like it's nice that they're doing re-releases like this for movies leading up to things. Mm -hmm. You know, we have this movie and then we have on um, either September, maybe 2nd or 21st or something or 12th. I think it's one of the ones with the twos. Anyways, but um, Avatar is getting re-released -re as well. Oh, that's and soon, huh? Yeah, it's, it's here in September. So oh. I can't wait to see that in theaters. Because that is going to be really cool. I think. I've never seen that in a theater, but I will travel a good two hours if I needed to see that in the theater. Because yeah, I, I got to see an IMAX and I got to see it with the 3D glasses because that's what everybody was always hooting and hollering about is seeing yeah. that movie in 3D. 
Yeah, it's supposed to be getting released here in September sometime. It's like the second, 12th or 21st. It's something like that. But um, anyways, that's coming out. So like, it's cool that um, Disney's doing these kind of re-releases for the the properties to like, you know, drum up more excitement. Of course, it's making them a little bit more money, but still, it's it's cool that they're uh, they're doing that for fans who may have not seen it, and may have, you know, for potential fans who may have been younger when these movies came out, like. Yeah. You know, because like say when Avatar came out, that was like what 2009, 10, 11, somewhere in there. Sounds so like, like you that. have, yeah. So you could have fans that were like ten years old back then, potentially. Yeah. So, I, I wonder if we were in an alternate dimension here. If Andor came out like a week from now or whenever it was supposed to, actually would have yeah it would have been out next week. I yep, wonder if they would have done Rogue One. I, I I don't know if this is like a consolation thing for the people that are a little mad and are like, oh, we'll just put it in theaters and, and ease people's minds a little bit since we have to delay it a couple weeks. Um, or, I mean, they could have still put it out concurrently with the series going on. It doesn't matter. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. is that is that a benefit since it was delayed? Like, oh, they have more time to promote things. Let's just throw it in a theater, too, while we're at it. I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't know. I mean, I think they're just trying to just, I guess try to get some extra maybe promotion just i mean just trying to push this overall like andor universe you know because that is a it's kind of its own universe in own way yes it is in the star wars universe but andor kind of is in its own little realm right now yeah yeah i mean it's interesting right we talk about the first time they're really doing this it's like hmm wouldn't they have done revenge of the sith before the obi-wan series you know what i mean or or well, the Mandalorian verse, you can't really do a whole lot with that. Yeah. Um, so Return of the Jedi is not really relevant to the current story as much as Rogue One and, and Andor are. So I could really, I could really see I mean, that. There, look, there, there's precedent for the Star Wars to re-release their films for like oh, a yeah. major event. I mean, look at the original trilogy when they did the uh, special editions re-released. You know, they, they promoted the original films in theater, and then they, then they released the uh, special editions. And I believe Phantom Menace was, re- was re-released prior to Revenge of the Sith, I think. So, yeah, I mean, it's precedent for this. Yeah, well, they they released, I'm sure you guys remember, they released uh, Phantom Menace and Attack the Clones in, like, 3D or whatever. Yeah. It was, like, after Revenge of the Sith. It was, like, it was in, like, the 2007, 8, 9 range. And then they never Maybe did Revenge of the Sith, yeah. And then they never did Revenge of the Sith, though, for 3D out of those movies, which is, it was, I don't know, it was weird. But that was right when, you know, they got sold to Disney. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, like, it's, it's great when they get those re-releases. Like, I mean, you know, I mentioned it before during the pandemic. Me and my cousin went and saw Empire Strikes Back in theaters, and that was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I definitely recommend people, like, if you haven't seen the movies in theaters, like, you know, definitely get a, go out and check them out when they are re-released. Like, like even when, um, so when Endgame came out, um, they had the original Avengers movie. And see, I wasn't, um, I wasn't a big Marvel fan back in, like, 2010, 11, 12. Like, I watched yeah, the movies, but I didn't, I, I wasn't into it like I am now. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even that mega into it now, but I'm more into it. And so I didn't appreciate it as much back then. But then, you know, when Endgame came out, our theater had um, the Avengers movie in it. And I went and saw that in theaters. And it was like, oh, man, this is like this is I see now why it was like such a huge hit back then. Uh huh. Yeah. So 
There you go. Um, I know a lot of people on the Twitterverse. I see that everybody posting pictures about the poster today and tonight and everything through the weekend. So let us know. Are you planning on seeing Rogue One once again in the theater? I think I've seen it five times <laughs> in the theater yeah. before it left. Because I saw it's, it three. It's, it's an event. I see it. I see it by my. I see it with somebody. Then I see it with the parents. And I see it with another friend. Another friend after you know. So it's just a reason for me to go see it multiple times. So. Um, I'm planning on making this my sixth at some point here coming up. Um, another big milestone for Star Wars this week and, and this week's releases um, in the paper canon as Matt from um, Ion Cannon, who was once a guest on our podcast at one point, says it, paper canon comics, the, the, the um, books as well. Uh, we had a release of the Dark Horse comics for the first time in you know, years and years, and that's the Hyperspace Stories number one story between Anakin and Obi-Wan and Padme and the, and the height of the Clone Wars there. So that was a fun read. It's good to see the, the art style, the, the cover style of the good old classic uh, Dark Horse with that good old emblazoned horse on the front of the cover there. Uh, definitely brings nostalgia, even though, as I said many times, I never was really reading those comics, but I, I see people posted them in, in the Facebook groups and whatnot. I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool. We're getting back to that area. Um, but we also had... Dr. Afra, which brought back Triple Zero and BT, the murder droids, the black protocol droid that has the torturous devices that extend from his fingers. Then you have the crazy astromech droid that has like rocket launchers and flamethrowers. They're back alongside of all of Afra's um, exes to try to get her back from this possessed state that she's in. And that's as crazy as it sounds, I know. And that's only Dr. Afra can get a, get away with the crazy zany antics. Because it's Dr. Afra, and that's what we expect from that series. So, um, And Darth Vader is basically him dealing with the sand this week, <laughs> literally. <laughs> he's on a pod racer, and there's a sandstorm, and he's having intense flashbacks to like all these major moments in his life, including sand and everything else, where he's talking about it with Padme. <laughs> there's a lot of that in this book. Um, and that's another discussion point or ranting point, uh, depending on how involved you guys want to get into this conversation. Uh, but I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta do a segment about this or something. I'll have to come up with a, 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 some kind of name, but it's like Chris's something, but just me getting bent out of shape when it comes to the comics and comes to the, to the comic, uh, the books, like I was talking about Padawan a couple weeks ago. Um, okay. So this Darth Vader comic written by Greg Pak, it's seen its up and downs, but I think we've definitely seen one of its bigger downs and that's this book because. Dude, more than 50% of that book was basically flashbacks of stuff we've seen, like gratuitous flashbacks. And I'm not trying to like complain. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining, but it's just the thing I want to bring up is I get it. Like they want to try to hold this storyline for the other storylines, but eh, you got to have some forward momentum here because you're going to have people complaining and hitting a wall. It's essentially what's going on. And I've been discussing this with 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 Matthew and Stephen Schinder and, and other guys that have been on this podcast at a certain point and we're all in agreement that like what is going on like like it's clearly evident that Lucasfilm doesn't know what story to tell Vader right now so they're like just like shoving a bunch of flashback sequences it's like and it's certain flashback sequences that they've published in the same run previously it's like why are you wasting real estate in a 20 something page comic when 10 of those pages are things that we've either seen in a movie, I know they're trying to make a 
um, a connection to his current thing where he's going to be redeemed in a, in a couple weeks or a couple months when Vader ends up throwing the Emperor down the shaft, right? This is right before Return of the Jedi. So I get it. Like, Greg Pak is seeding the, the things of his redemption through the actual memories of his past. And, like, the sand, maybe that's drumming up some things. But this has been ongoing. Um, and I think it just comes down to Lucasfilm and, and Disney and Marvel being um, very protective of the character of Darth Vader to the point where they are utilizing every last cent of this character to milk out of him <laughs> because he is the icon of Star Wars and you're always going to have to have a Star Wars comic about him and even if that comic is not really going anywhere we got to publish it because we did a Darth Vader comic just like how Hasbro makes like 50 Darth Vader like five Darth Vader Sorry. figures a year you know, it's one of those things, and it's funny because we're going to be going into the Return of the Jedi era soon enough, and, well, unless they want to completely rewrite Star Wars, Darth Vader doesn't exist anymore after Return of the Jedi, but then me and Steve were talking, we're like, how much do you want to bet they're going to make a Darth Vader series, com like, following the moments after Obi-Wan's TV series with Vader? <laughs> So basically what I was talking to him in our chat is, okay, by the time we're 20 years in the future, we're going to know every single second that Darth Vader existed in the world, in the galaxy. Oh, man. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. Like, all this stuff, like, like things like that, I'm sure, I'm sure Milton's probably thinking along the same lines I am. Like, I think when it comes to stuff like this with, with Vader, for example, you get these kind of, like, I don't want to say like side pointless stories, you know, that type of stuff. You get the, you get these kind of like, I don't know, pointless, generic, whatever terminology you want to use. Not, I don't want to sound too harsh, but that's basically what it is. Um, so like you get these type of things because to me, it all falls back on like my, my critique of, you know, we talked, you know, as a, you know, Matt, Matthew used that whole, term like uh paper cannon like it all falls back on to the whole my issue like you know between like say the current canon and legends where to me it feels like like they bootstrap the writer so hard like hey you can tell a vader story but it has to be so generic it doesn't really matter much so like versus like letting vader go and do something really cool and like have him i don't know go do something cool with the force and blah 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 blah, blah like have an amazing fight whatever um like, so, like, to me, it feels like they do that type of stuff to, like, bootstrap the writers where they only, like, give them these kind of, like, generic stories in some cases where basically they don't want to give them too much leeway where, you know, it takes away a potential for a movie or a show or, a, you know, whatever it may be, a video game even, like, potential on-screen media because, you know, on-screen media makes the majority of the money there. So, like, to me, like, even with that, even with you mentioning the whole um, story after Kenobi, I don't think that'll happen because, you know, we had those rumors of a potential Kenobi season two. Like, you have those type of things. And, like, to me, they they won't probably give Vader any real estate because there's always that potential of Vader and Kenobi or Vader and Andor or Vader in whatever show that shows up before A New Hope. So, like, to me... Like, they bootstrap the writers with generic stories because it's that, in case of emergency, break glass, we can throw Vader in a show and everybody will be happy. Yeah, 
Any thoughts on I mean, this, Milton? That's my, my kind I'm of about pursuit. to say, I'm, I'm just keeping it real. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, what what are we doing? Like, what <laughs> what is – like, I, I, I'm going to be that person because this is where I think and, – and what Ben said, he's absolutely right. You know, and what you were saying, Chris, you're absolutely right. Why are we trying to stretch out Darth Vader? That that makes no sense. Like it's, yeah, we 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 know there are things about him that we're just not going to know, and that's totally okay. His character has, I mean, we first got him on screen, was built into mystery, you know. And obviously, we need to know who he is as a man, and you know, his, some of his inner thoughts, inner monologues throughout the books. We got to know him there, which is dope. But it's like, bro, there's no need to do an additional stretched out comic book for with flashbacks that means nothing that we've already seen like this is honest to god this is why i really don't even read half the comics because a lot of them to me it's like okay it's just we're going to get maybe a little morsel of something new but a lot of it's fluff you know a lot Mm -hmm. of it's just just what's the impact exactly you know there's there's no there's no i think someone when you guys said it there's no forward movement with his character or story you know, we've gotten a lot of that in the visual media or with the audio books or with the actual novelizations. Or, I mean, just look at the le- the legend stuff actually goes into great detail about Vader's past or, or forward progression of his character throughout, you know, the present timeline. So it's like, to me, all this extra stuff now is just milking the character, trying to get more, like, money. I mean, it's all what it's about. Let's be real. It's money. Yeah. It's marketing. It's just milking the, the cow for what it is. Yeah, so it's yeah, like... Yeah. I'm well, over Milton, it. Well, like, it's like your legends. Uh, you, you speak of legends, like you know. I mean, I, um, I'm not sure if both of you've read like all the Yazan Vong books, but like in the first book, Chewbacca gets killed. Like you talk about impact. Like that's a knee jerk impact. Like it's like whoa, they just killed exactly. Chewbacca. Like you know, and that's something you know. To me, they would never like under this current era right now. They would never greenlight something like that because of the fact of we, why do that when we could make a hundred million dollars by putting them in a movie, you know, or something like, right. like it all falls back on that potential. But, here, but here's what the it, difference thing. But here's the difference though. Like the, the legends books were, were like, were so fire. Like everyone, people read them consistently. I mean, we still talk yeah. about until this day. Those books yeah. came out what in the early two thousands, two thousand two one. Yeah, I mean, and like, yeah. and they still Late hold up until this day. I still listen to them all the time when I go to sleep. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they're that good of a stories. I mean, we all were saying it. Like the legends books should have been adapted into some type of canon or used to be what they were supposed to be. They're supposed to be cherry picked into the films, yeah. but obviously we didn't get that. But it's like right now it's like what are we doing with these ridiculous comics see the first couple years of lucasfilm i'll give him credit and chris you can you probably agree with me on this the comics were actually pretty solid oh yeah i like the aftermath the com- trilogy yeah, yeah the comics were, were, were pushing it and, and actually i think i remember buying like the first not buying them but getting the first like couple like, issues of the star wars comic that continued i think yeah uh the the original like trilogy stuff and I was like, okay, this ain't bad. But then even like the Darth Vader stuff wasn't bad. I will say that Darth Vader series early on with the with the Vader down was yeah. pretty good. Yep. But now it's like, bro, like, well, here, we're, we're, we're extra. Well, the char- here's where things are great for the Darth Vader comics when they're not tied to other comics. Clearly what is, and this is clearly what is happening, is they can't get the Darth Vader story to a certain level because they have to wait for all the other comics to catch up because everything is supposed to be part of the Crimson Dawn crossover. 
Yep. And I think Lucasfilm has been shooting itself in the foot because they're trying to be too connective with everything going forward. So some things can't go too far forward in the time or progress the character too far because then this character has to come and do that. And it's just like when you have that kind of handcuffs on you, something's got to give. And unfortunately, I think it's Darth Vader's just suffering for that whole thing. Oh, for sure. Like, I think I think some of the best stories um, non-on-screen we've gotten from Vader... Like I really loved the um, the one where he went to Naboo with like the uh, like the monster like the whole uh, sea creature thing like that thing was I think it was on oh, Naboo. Yeah. Um, I like that one a lot because that that's uh, that was really cool. I like the whole um, I think one of the best um, combinations of like attaching something to a movie and you know progressing a character forward more for sure was the whole Vader and Orchie um, like back and forth. Thing that happened yep. in the comics there that, i thought that was excellent i thought that was excellent and here's um, the thing that that happened in the same writer's uh run greg pox run but guess what yep. that happened before war of the bounty hunters this is what i'm saying when they are oh, doing yeah, their own true. thing separately and they don't have to worry about connecting and everything that's when the good stuff happens and the whole entire 25 issues of charles soul's darth vader run where it tells a pivotal story for like how anakin becomes vader how how vader deals with the armor and goes around killing Jedi. Like that's everything that most fans have wanted to see for a long time. And, and they they delivered on that easily every single issue. That was great. Um, it's just the connectivity. We've been saying it before. Sometimes canon, when it tries to tie itself too to, too much, it's, it, it ends up hurting itself, I think, in the end. So hopefully, uh, you know, Lucasfilm listens to the to the feedback out there. And if they do decide to do another crossover, maybe make it either shorter or just have less titles involved with it because I get it. Like for a collector standpoint, they're they're thinking they're gonna make a lot more money because everybody's gonna have to get every single issue. And I don't even know if they're. It's hard to tell if they are making a lot of money because the way that things are, um, statistics wise, is a little bit different because there's a different distributor now. It's not through Diamond, it's through Penguin. Um, so it's hard for I guess people to track down their numbers. But anyway, that's that's my little little discussion this week about the, the paper canon. Um, but now we're going to get into something we haven't done in a while, and that is some good old Star Wars trivia. Uh, last we left off, we were doing the Diplomatic Corps training exam. As if we're going to be part of the New Republic someday. Um, There's all Legends, mind you. Legends and old school Rizal Trilogy. So everybody that's out there listening or watching, get a pen and paper because we are going to run through this segment, which is all about the people of Star Wars. We're going to go from questions, uh, let's go through from questions 11 to 30 this week, because we still have some pretty big stories uh, that I want to get through to this this week, but I did want to do soon. some trivia. Um, hey, hey, we we're, hopefully we can continue, Milton. Our last score was an 89, so we were moving up. All right. All right, let's get this done. Let's get this done. All right. So for everybody out there, get ready to go. If you're listening after a fact, uh, see how well you do. Okay. So number 11 goes on the Death Star. Leia was imprisoned on level five detention block blank. This is a fill in the blank question. Any ideas? I mean, um, the number. Isn't it cell block 1138. Oh. That I, sounds right to me. That sounds right it, to me. I think it's uh, like I'm like ninety four percent sure it's cell block one one three eight. I think. 
But, right, yeah, you're probably right. It sound it sounds actually pretty consistent. Because I, I think that's where they put because you know one one three eight's in every movie, and I think that's where it was. Huh. All right. I be, well, I could be wrong. Anyways, here, here's a legends question for everybody out there, and I don't I don't even know this one. I'll be honest. I'll straight up. What are the names of Leia's children? Jason, Jaina, uh, and Anakin. Correct. See, I, I thought Anakin was the son of Luke no, or something. No, that's Ben. Ben. Uh-huh. See, is that was that because, because Anakin? Because because Anakin Solo, he winds up dying, and then they wind up naming Whoa. one of the. Uh, they we wind up renaming one of the ships after him, calling it the Anakin Solo. Wow. Yeah. Trust me, man. Legends is fire. Like that's what oh, I'm yeah. saying. Like this should so have been good. the movies. So good. Like like, like J- Jason. And Jaina were so dope. Like no, I, give, I don't give, give us a five five season Yuzen Vong adaptation of that whole thing. Like uh, look, so good. dead ass. Look, I'm Chris. I know you're gonna do trivia, but if they give us, the, I'm actually listening to the New Jedi Order books again right really? now, dude. Fire. So good, dude. They're so they gotta good. remake those. It, I was just Legends thinking the same thing. thing. So I saw they were doing that with like the other books. They need to remake. The new Jedi Order books. I like the way the the legacy of the Force ones are fine. Like they can stay the way they are. The yep. new Jedi Order need to be remade. Fire. Yeah. Like th- those are so good. Jason and Jane, I think, are like in their early twenties, like maybe late teens, early twenties at that point. And then in the new Jedi uh, or the legacy of the Force are like in their late twenties, early thirties. Oh. And it it's such good character development. It's fire. Make Is that, that all... into like a. Go ahead. No, is that all told in books, or are there like comics that travel so with books. them as well? Straight up books. Straight oh, up books. okay. So how it goes? It's it's the original trilogy, then it's the New Jedi Order, and then it's the Legacy of the Force series, and then it's like the what other one right after that. Whenever like spoilers, Jason and Jason gets wrecked and get beat, and then like um, it's Jaina's story and some other like stuff. Like it's. New Jedi Order, what, Legacy of the Force. Yeah, whatever what the other series is called. Yeah, it's Because it's like 11 books. Yeah. The final but that's the series where Luke's like in his 60s. Luke, yeah, Luke's in his 60s, but still powerful as hell. Yeah, he, and that's when Luke was like... Luke, that's when Luke... That's when, you know, a lot of the Luke stuff... You know, obviously Luke got really established, but that's when, like, he was like the all-powerful Luke, like, that we all imagined, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and but, Chris, yeah, I this mean, is why I feel the way I feel about The Last Jedi, dude. Because the canon, the not the non legend or the legends books really fleshed out Luke, Leia, and Han to a point where I'm like, this makes sense how they would be developed as they gotten older. But now, what, what about is. the, what about the Jedi, not Jedi Apprentice, uh, Jedi Academy? Wasn't there like um, a three, a trilogy of books? Yep. How's that one? Which ones are you referring to, Ben? Remind me. Jedi uh, Search? Yeah, the Jedi Academy books, that's the one that takes place like right after Return of the Jedi, like three, four years after when Luke has his temple built. And that's oh, yeah. with um that's with uh Is Kyle Katarn in that? Yeah, Kyle Katarn. That's the one with Kyle Katarn. He's in the um, books? Yeah, that one. Oh, yeah, he's shoot, in the three that. I'm pretty I'm like I'm pretty sure he's in those books because I think that's why I, I see. See, I, I feel like those are part of like not the Jedi Prince series because that's because that's the glove of Darth Vader, the lost city of the Jedi, 
and I forget the other ones. They're like they're like eight other different like young novel. Yeah. Dude, they're so they're so yeah. good. Chris, I'm telling you, go back and start with the young Je- the Jedi Prince no. books because literally the, the the glove of Darth Vader. I read that when I was like in middle school, and I and I it still holds up. And, and no. they don't have it on, they don't have an audio book yet. Gosh, it's fire. No. You know how it is like with us having us having read all these legends things. It's like Dude. the whole Bill Bill Belichick thing. He's forgotten more football than he knows. Like we've forgotten more Star Wars legends than we know because we've read like it's so everything. Good. Like, literally, I'm looking up legends book at least like a couple times a week. That's probably my Whoa. week in Star Wars most of the time. It's like looking up legends books, try to find like different ones I need to get. Yeah, I mean, crazy. I, mean oh, okay. I mean, remember the le- the one legend storyline? You have Boba searching for the clone trooper because he was yeah. dying. Like you have all kinds of good stories. I mean, like. That's that's definitely a podcast. Yeah, I mean, we've talked legends before. We'll have to do a legends part two podcast. I'm cu- I'm curious to see what the chat thinks about what are the, like some of their favorite legends books, or what would you want to see like recreated for audio books moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think so. right now they're they're just focused on doing the Rogue Squadron books. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give it another chance. I, I think I am gonna maybe get into that series. Uh, the fourth one's coming out in November, re-release. Uh, I think just listening to it just there's too much going on where I was at the time. So I couldn't yeah. like concentrate. And then I was like so far behind on what the hell is going on. So that's why I'm like certain books. I, I just got to read. I, I can't be listening to them unless I'm just sitting here in my room doing nothing and listening, which I do that with the audio dramas. Cause I have to take notes on them cause it's the canon stuff and all that. But anyway, I digress tangents <laughs> of galore, but this is the fun stuff because Hey, your guys are schooling me on legends and, uh, it's fun. And, and going back to the fact of, oh, you got to read this, you got to read this. Here's my answer to that. I'm starting at the damn beginning. I have mm-hmm. the first thing in the history of Star Wars. And that is the Dawn of the Jedi Into the Void book. And then I have nice. the continuation of that in comic book form, which is volume one of Tales of the Jedi, which is the Dawn of the Jedi stuff. Then I have the whole stuff. For you. I have the entire story of Eula Caldromo and Marco Ragnos or whoever those old Jedi are from like the 90s. I have all that. So I actually do have some legend stuff way in the beginning. And then I have been keeping tabs on the Omnibus for the Knights of the Old Republic comics. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, so, so nice. like, so Chris, let me, let me give you just the titles of the Jedi Prince books. Okay. <laughs> this is why, this is why I think you're going to like, you're going to want to read these. Okay. They take place about a year after Return of the Jedi. And the covers are dope. Like, I think once you see the art, you're going to be like, oh, I need to read these. The first one, <laughs> The Glove of Darth Vader. That should just tell you something right there. So okay. good. Second book, Lost City of the Jedi. Um, Zorba the Hutt's Revenge. Um, Mission from Mount Yoda. Queen of the Empire. Prophets of the Dark Side. Th- those are the books. So like, And those are just the titles. Like, You have to just... Once you read them, you're going to be like, man, there's so much potential with what they could have done with these books. Wait like, a second. So they have, what is it? What's the Obi-Wan's books called? Oh, Jedi Apprentice books. Je- Jedi Apprentice. Th- those are fire, too. Isn't that what yeah. you just said? These are called the Jedi Apprentice books? No, th- these are called the Jedi Prince books. Prince. Prince. Oh, Prince. sorry. I thought you were saying sorry, Apprentice. Prince, Prince. I haven't ever heard of these in my life. Jedi Prince books? What the heck? Yeah, dude. I'm telling you, like, they're dope. Oh yeah. They're they're incredible. Like like that whole era of Star Wars is incredible. Like Milton, we always we always turn our weekly podcast into a weekly legends talk. I know, I know, I know. Okay. Ben, Ben, here's the one that's gonna blow his mind. 
Chris, so so in the the main villain of those Jedi Prince books is potentially the son of uh, Palpatine. Wow. Yeah. Like, if, here's the thing. Once you read them, you're going to be like, wait a minute. They could have used this in the movies. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm dead serious, bro. You're going to be like, oh, wait. This could have been a character put in the movies. Yeah. Just yeah there's, there's just so much meat and potatoes in there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so getting back to question number 13. What did Princess okay. Leia say when she met Obi-Wan Kenobi? Um, she said, "I'll try to give you a hint." Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold on. on. This is adult Leia. Yeah, this is. A, remember, this is an um from the '90s, so this would be um, a New Hope Leia. So she, when did she meet him in that movie? She never met him. When she met him, she said, "You're here with Ben Kenobi," and they run, and yeah. then they run, and then they see him fighting. No. They do, they, meet. Are... they do meet in that room, I think, when they're fighting. Before no, Obi-Wan they're separated goes to... the whole time. No, remember? No. Oh, wait, yeah, because yeah, Obi-Wan leaves to go do the tractor beam, and then he confronts yep. Vader, and then Luke, Luke and Han and Leia come out, and they're standing there, and they see him fighting. So mm-hmm. what she says to him? All right, now, are, are they talking about the hologram message that she set up to address? Oh, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Okay, that's probably what it is. Because it was intended for Obi-Wan. She probably said, many years ago, you served my father in the Clone Wars, blah, 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 that type of thing. Yep. All right, so that's your answer. Okay, moving on. Uh, one of Leia's mentors was A, Big Starlighter, B, Senator Bim Kil Nehem, or C, Emyet Lur. Sorry, these are very Star Wars-y names. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like... I, I don't know why, Milton. I feel like... I feel like it's that... Bim or Bim, I think it was in the audiobook. I think it might, it might be. I don't, I don't remember. I think it's B, Bam or Bim. Okay. True or false, number 15. Leia has always trusted Lando Carazin. No. False. False. All right. 16. Luke Skywalker lived on Tatooine with A, Obi Wan Kenobi, B, Owen and Brewer Lars, or C, Leia Organa. <laughs> Some of these are just so easy, it's not even funny. Yeah, 16B. I mean, it, it could be Obi-Wan technically, because Obi-Wan did live on Tatooine. But yeah. I, we, 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 know, we know the real answer. Yeah, we'll lock it in with the Lars family. <laughs> All right, 17. Luke Skywalker's father is blank. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, well, I'm not, I, don't, I don't know the answer. Anakin Skywalker. Is it Anakin, I think? <laughs> I think it's Anakin or... I don't know. Yeah. We need we need a we need what's his name Mori here to go. You are the father. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Eighteen on Hoth. What was Luke Skywalker's comlink code? A Echo three, B Echo seven, or or C Echo one. It's Echo seven. Wow, nice. Yeah, I don't even know yeah. that one. I well, that's my favorite number, so I'm pretty sure that's that's right. <laughs> oh, I mean, well, let's think because I think because Luke says. Because Luke's the first one talking, right? He's the first one on the comic. I think he's like Echo Seven, Echo Three. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, we'll yeah we'll say Echo Seven. I think yeah, I think that sounds right. All right, nineteen. Why did Luke Skywalker go to Cloud City? A. Yoda told him so. B. Leia left him a message saying she needed him. C. Darth Vader lured him there. Or D. He saw his friends in danger through the Force. 
Oh, he had the vision. Yep, D saw his friends. Yep. Alright, 20. According to Yoda, just before he became one with the Force, what did Luke Skywalker need to become a Jedi? A, more training. B, to confront Darth Vader. Or C, more experience. Confront Darth Vader. Yeah, I was going to say, I think... What a hell of a way to test yourself, right? Like, to become a Jedi, you have to defeat, like, the most powerful person next to the Emperor. Like, that's yeah, the most one powerful, pretty much test. killing machine. Yeah. Like, like, how many Jedi he's killed before, and, like, this fledgling Jedi just has to take him down? Like, what the hell? Yeah. And I think that's the key, right? Because Yoda knows that even if you are a super powerful Jedi... You, you don't stand a chance against Vader. The only reason why Luke does is because he's his son, and that's, like, through an emotional response. Oh, if this... Yeah, if he was John Smith way. Jedi, he'd be dead. Right. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, just because of the emotional resonance, that is why he's the only one that could really, really pull it off. All right. Getting back into it. Let's see. Number 21, true or false, Luke Skywalker was wrong... When he says there was still good in Darth Vader. No, there's... We say that again? Yeah, that's said. Okay, true or false, Luke Skywalker was wrong when he said there was still good in Darth Vader. He was wrong, so that means... That's false. Vader, yeah, that would be false, yeah. yeah. I always get thrown off by, like, kind of those double negative questions like that. Yeah. <laughs> 22, but what false. according to Emperor Palpatine was Luke Skywalker's greatest weakness? A, his faith in his friends, B, his overconfidence, C, his Jedi training, or D, his age? It's faith in his friends. Faith in his friends, yep. 23, name the three figures Luke Skywalker saw, saw in the shadows after the Battle mm -hmm. of Endor. Anakin, Obi-Wan, Yoda. <laughs> True. Okay. Number 25. When Luke was attacked by the Wampon Hoth, he was A, going back to base, B, checking out a meteorite, C, doing a sport check on the area outside of the base. Um, meteorite, I believe. Was that B? Mm-hmm. Okay, I think meteorite. That's right. All right. Number 26. Luke Skywalker believed his father was A, a Jedi Knight. B, served in the Clone Wars. C, was a navigator on a spice freighter. Oh, that's a trick question there. The, the spice navigator. Yeah, the, right? spice, the spice one. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the spice one. Okay. I think. Alright. Uh, moving on. We have a couple more to go here. 27. In his lightsaber duel with Darth Vader in Cloud City, Luke lost his blank. Hand and lightsaber. Yep. <laughs> Alright. 28. After hearing Leia Organa's message, Luke agreed to go with Obi-Wan Kenobi to A. Alderaan, B. Yavin 4, C. The Death Star, D. Anchorhead, or E. Maz Eisley. Say that again. Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah, after here, there's probably multiple. Wait, is there multiple on this so one? We gotta, so you got to think where he heard. So you heard the message first in the hut. 
And then what's the multiple choice? Okay, it's they wanted to go to A, Alderaan, B, Avon 4, C, the Death Star, D, Anchorhead, or E, Maz Eisley. It's got to be Anchorhead or Moss Eisley, right? Wait, no, no, no. Because he says to Obi-Wan, I'm trying to talk this out. So he says to Obi-Wan, you can get a ship at Anchorhead, blah, 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 blah. And then Obi-Wan's like, no, Luke, you got to come with me, blah, 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 blah. And they go back or something and like the Tuscans have slaughtered or um, the Stormtroopers. Oh, are the Stormtroopers slaughtered Owen and Brew? Luke's like, I have nothing left here. Mm-hmm. Let me go with you. Does he to say Alderaan. it? Yeah, I think he says to Alderaan. Yeah, yeah. he says, I want to go to Alderaan to learn his way to the Force. Yeah, he yeah, says I was, that. Yeah, I was going to say, okay, so yeah, we'll say Alderaan. Is that A? Yeah, Alderaan is A. Okay, we'll go with Alderaan. Okay, two more questions to go for this week. Number 21, of Luke's father, Obi-Wan Kenobi said, A, he was the best starfighter pilot in the galaxy. B, he was a good friend. C, Darth Vader betrayed and murdered him. D, all of the above, or E, none of the above? All of the above. Say that one more time. Yeah, of Luke's father, Obi-Wan said he was the best starfighter pilot in the galaxy. B, he was a good friend. C, Darth Vader betrayed and murdered him. D, all of the above, or E, none of the above? Oh, that's all of the above, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. Number 30, last question. How did Luke Skywalker get captured in the Battle of Endor? I mean, he just turned himself in, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, because the, um, the Imperial officer, I think, literally says he surrendered. Yep. Mm-hmm. I believe, yeah. So, he, yeah, he just turned himself in. Yeah, he in. walked up and was just like, yeah, I want to talk to Darth Vader, basically. What a way to walk up to the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, that was easier than we thought. Okay, we yeah, got the most I'm... wanted person in the rebellion just walking up to us. Okay. Yeah, time for Our a day job off now. Done. <laughs> yeah, basically, I'm, I'm done. All right, so let's go over the answers. So number 11, okay. we have... Let me turn back a page. Number 11, we have AA23. Oh, dang, I was yeah. way off. People are way off on that one. Number 12, Jason Solo, Jaina Solo, and Anakin Solo. So you guys got yes, that. Sir. Yep. 13 was a trick question. They never met. Yeah, but wait, say, wait. We, we thought that. We said that. Yeah. You said that first. You're like, they never met. Well, now we know they actually did meet at one point. But this is all back then. Um, cool. Uh, number 14 is B. Yep, got it. Number 15 is false. Yep. Number 16 is B. Yep. Number 17 is Anakin. Correct. Number 18 is A. Uh, I, you might have to check that because I'm not sure if that was... Because I just wrote down the number 7, but I'm not... I didn't, uh, Echo 3? Oh, okay, nope, so it was wrong. Damn. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I thought it was that code. Yeah, so that was that code. I thought yep. it was too. That sounded right when I set it out, but I guess not. Okay, continue. Yep. 19 is D. The yep. 20 is B. 21 yeah, is hold on, false. Hold on. You know, you know what that, an- that answer oh. that we mentioned? 
He says Echo Three to Echo Seven. That's why we thought that. Now to think about it, oh. Echo Three to Echo. Oh, because he literally yeah. does say the number seven, though. Yes, it's not himself. <laughs> All right, so number. What are we on here? Number twenty. Twenty one is false. Oh yeah, twenty one's false. Twenty two is A. Yep. Twenty three is Obi Wan Yoda and Anakin. Yep. Twenty four is C. Uh, yep. The 25 is B. Yep. 26 is C. That is Navigator on a Spice Freighter. Yep. We have 27 right hand and his lightsaber, so it's good that you specifically called that out there, Ben. <laughs> All right. Hey, there we go. They, we know now that these, these questions do have They're multiple specific. answers sometimes. Yeah, yeah 28 <laughs> is D. 29 Which one is that? Uh, 28. That one was, was the that, that was anchor. Wait. Wait, was? Because the A, we put oh, A. Oh wait, all. twenty-eight is D because that's anchor. Doesn't he say something like, "We could take you as far as you want to Anchorhead"? Yeah. He's like, oh wow, that's a really like specific. That's one. really tricky. Okay. Because that's when he didn't want to go with them, right? When he first heard that, he's like, he didn't really want to go anywhere. Thanks. Like Man, I can take you as far right. as I as as I can to Anchorhead, and then from there you could take a speeder or something. Yeah, know. man, that's Anchorhead is we're... basically where the Obi Wan series takes place, isn't it? Yeah, that's where that. So. Yeah, that's where basically where the Kenobi series take takes place. Man, guys, we might have our 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 scene order kind of kind of screwy on a New Hope right now. Dude, we <laughs> we know so much information. It's not even funny. That's probably why we get all. I know. Up. I know. <laughs> I mean, look, if, if it was Gunnar ahead, we'd get this figured out. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a man that's a tough one. Oh man 29 is d okay all of the above you guys got that one and yep 30 he didn't he turned himself yep. in all, all right, right so, so we missed one do the math there ben how all did right, you guys do this time so we're out of 20 questions tonight so two so we missed three out of twenty. Pretty damn so, good uh, percentage. So that to make. would be that would be a eighty-five percent, I believe. Right? Let's go. Yeah, that's a that's a high B right there. That's good. Yep. Hey, eighty-five percent. Well, we're keeping steady. That that definitely passes you uh, in college for sure. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> so far, you are on your way to become New Republic citizens. Yeah. See, of look, the this workforce. is our. This is our trend for the scores right now. So we we've, we've been doing pretty good. Week one, week one was a little rough, but that was the really tough questions. I think it was seventy-seven, and then eighty, and then eighty-nine, and then now eighty-five. There we go. Uh, we're good, man. We're averaging eighty-some percent. Yeah, yep. we're moving up the board. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Chris Forsyth, yeah, he's quoting, "You can board a, f a freighter or whatever you want." That's basically how the quote goes. So tell us in the chat, how'd you guys do? After the fact in the comments, or you could always send us a tweet using hashtag out of room transmission at Ben, at me, at Millen. What are your scores like? How have you guys been making out with this New Republic entrance exam? We are really interested in knowing. Um, so getting into our, our top subject, our top discussion here. We had a report come out. Um, this was a report on by Variety, but the review was done by SiriusXM Radio. 
where John Boyega had a, had a cool conversation on this show just about, uh, you know, reminiscing about his time um, on Star Wars. And we all know that there has been a lot of upheaval, um, unfortunately, for John Boyega because, you know, it'll, his treatment of his character and everything and just how he was treated on set in general with everything going on was just not to his liking. Um, long story short, it basically basically sounds like he is probably not going to come back to do Star Wars unless something drastically changes. Um, I will read the direct quote to you guys right now. Um, he's saying in response of uh, just this one question, um, at this point, I'm cool off it. I'm good off of it. Uh, tell me, uh, I think Finn is not a good... Finn is at a good confirmation point where you can just enjoy him and other things, the games, the animation. But I feel like episode eight to episode nine was good for me. Oh, man. <laughs> so he really, I, I, we've all been saying this, right? It's like you, you build up Finn to basically be the main character with like the trailers and the promotion with him with the lightsaber and Force Awakens. And I was so excited to see him like come to fruition. And then by the time we get the Rise of Skywalker, it's almost like the, we didn't know what was going on with his character. So, um, and then, and then he also goes on to saying, because they bring up Moses Ingram, and we know that Moses Ingram had a lot of flack thrown her way just because of the color of her skin and what property she was in and just, you know, just people just saying horrible things to her. And this has happened to a, a number of actors in Star Wars, Kelly Marie Tran, um, Daisy Ridley. Daisy got Ridley. Yep. Yeah, so basically what happened with Moses Ingram is uh, Kenobi's actor himself, Uma McGregor, got on on the phone and, and recorded something that actually seemed to be pretty effective and it was like the first time that disney like basically and even disney put out something too but disney had been like kind of off the books when it came to this sort of thing right. um so basically john boyega is acknowledging that unfortunately somebody has to be like the person that gets unfortunately criticized before eventually somebody makes a stand and right. disney makes a stand with moses and unfortunately for him, it's just like it didn't work out that way for him. So he's just talking about it. he's happy that finally, like people are saying stuff and are standing up. But for him, unfortunately, it wasn't in his cards that uh, he was able to get the same support. And because of that, that's one of the reasons why he pretty much staying cool off of it. He's fine. And just the character, how the character was treated itself. It just seems like, you know, I would say never say never. But at this point, I wouldn't expect Finn to be anything in the next decade. I would, I would assume from all this, he's right. he's very much excited to do other things at this point. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'll, I'll just start this one out. Like, so I, I didn't read the article, and mainly because one, I didn't have time, but two, I'm glad I didn't because, um, look, let's look at it this way. Character-wise, for Finn, we know that Disney did his character wrong because Disney pretty much fooled us. Because we all thought Ray was, or not, excuse me, uh, Finn was going to be that guy when it comes to being potentially a Jedi or a more active character that pushed the plot along. Where we're thinking, oh, this is a new character, you know, he's it's a stormtrooper that's slightly different, all that type of stuff. And I'm like, yes, I'm all about it. Again, I don't mind the Force Awakens, you know. Obviously, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. When it just comes to the Finn character, they did him dirty because all he does is chase. Ray, or or he chases scream um, Ray, he screams Ray, or he's with old girl Rose, 
you know, or he's with the that new chick in the third one. It's like all Ray or all Finn is good to do is a screen Ray and to chase a female, you know. And there's nothing wrong with chasing women. Trust me, that's some of the best things that men can do in the world. But what I'm saying when it comes to Star Wars, all right, you did my man's dirty, and I completely understand why he's like, I'm turned off by this character. I'm turned off by how you ha- <clears throat> you had me come in one way, then you write me another way where it's like I don't really do anything. He did nothing in the last two movies. But I mean, honestly, his a lot of his story was pretty much told in episode seven. And really I was thinking, well, we're gonna get something about his backstory with his family potentially or something with Phasma. Like there was so much potential there, but they kind of just didn't have again, this goes back to them not having a plan. Facts. Yep. Now the person now now the other stuff will just be what it is. For some weird reason, if you are an actor of color, a female, or especially a female of color, like, for some reason, the internet is weird about that. Like, the internet feels like you're, like, movies are being too woke, or you're, 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 you're washing out the white, the white actors. I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? It's characters. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not like they're playing historical characters like, you know, like a Martha Stewart or Martha Washington (laughs) or... Martin Luther uh, King, or, Martin Luther or, King or JFK, yeah. whose yeah. whose race and ethnicity depends. That character depends on that. This is Finn. We don't know if he's black or white. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you know, Kara Zor-El or or or, or Kal-El. Well, technically, and, and, in, know, Star in Star Wars, Wars, all these humans are aliens. Exactly, it's a different galaxy. Facts. Yeah. But I'm saying that's my point, though. They're all aliens. You know, look at DC. You got Kara Zor-El. You got Kal-El. They're aliens. I could play Kal-El if, I, if, they, if they wanted yeah. to play me, yeah, honestly. Yep. But honest to God, the problem I think Finn, or excuse me, that John Boyega has is that Disney, for some reason, refused to back him up when clearly he was the poster child of a new era of Star Wars. And they, and they did nothing to support him in that nature. And I can see why he's burnt by it. Um, this might upset some people if they listen or watch this, but it's like, hey man, I'm with John on this. I'm not... I'm not giving back to Disney if you didn't support me when I try to give all of my my love, my soul, my passion to a project that I thought was going to be inspirational to young fans and especially young fans of color, you know. And it's like y'all y'all don't y'all don't support me on that, like miss me. But you finally do it, which is great. But I can see how John's like, nah, I'm I'm done. Like I don't, I don't need this anymore. I I can't trust you. So it is what it is, man. Like the, the internet's weird like that. People need to just stop playing around and just stay in their mom's basement. Like just because you don't want something different, don't 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 attack somebody because the way they look or because they're not they're not a white male. It's like come on, man, that's stupid. Yeah. But oh. it is what it is. Oh, you're I mean, you're preaching all facts, Milton. Like all that is one hundred percent on point. Like like to me, um, you know, to address the first part of the um the thing, the um the article. So you know, with, with John Boyega and Finn, you know, as you mentioned, like, we all thought he was going to be a critical character for the series, and he ended up really not being, like, you can cut him out of Last Jedi and um, the last one, Rise of Skywalker, and they could probably still have had a similar outcome. Like, he's exactly. useless in those two movies. And I even remember back when Last Jedi came out, not to, like, like keep dunking on that movie, but... But like he did like a GQ interview back then, and he taught. He literally used the word "benched," like he was benched in that movie. So like Facts. you know you have things. So you have things like that. So he has those underlying feelings um, toward those movies, like on screen, and then you have the off screen issues, 
I mean, not even issues, like horrible things, you know, obviously going on on the internet with fans. And like, like to me, not to like, um, like go all like, like, uh, like say like the, from the Disney side of things Mm -hmm. on not defending John. Think about it this way. Like back in 2015 though, um, it wasn't like a company to step out and defend their employee like that wasn't really a thing. Like, you know, they weren't doing that back then. Like nowadays it's more um, like more of an open environment to like talk about these critical issues and things like they did with, with the Kenobi series with Moses Ingram and like things like that. Um, but, but back then, and like even just 2015, just, just how many, seven years ago that was, you know, that wasn't a common thing. I mean, look, they literally let Daisy Ridley got ran off social media because people were fat shaming her and she's like 120 pounds. Like, yeah. like, you know, well, you also have, too, you have remember, how, remember how she also talked about like, I think was it gun violence or something. It, yep. it might've been the gun violence thing too. And like, people were like, it was hating on her and she's like, well, I ain't got time yeah. for this. I'm done. And this, yeah. and this is where I think these big corporations, I don't know why they're scared because like they, they're not going anywhere. Disney ain't going out of business anytime soon because Disney is linked into everything in the world, whether it's TV, film, game or video games, technology, sports. I mean, hell Disney owns a sports network, ESPN. They got plenty of revenue streams. Yeah. ABC. They got plenty of revenue streams to where if one Mm -hmm. is slightly hurting, they're going to make up for the other. So, so, so when Disney don't come out to defend these actors, whether they're women or people of color, that's a problem to me, especially in my community, because I mean, look, if, if I would happen to work for those corporations or any, or any corporation, I want to know that that corporation's got my back, especially if I'm doing the right thing and giving all I can to a corporation. And if someone disagrees with Milton Weber being on in, in that corporation because the way he looks fine, I'm, 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 that's fine. That's your opinion. You can have it. And, and I'm going to respond and say, hey, I disagree with that. This is how I feel about it. But if they're coming in to attack me personally and making threats about me, I expect yeah. my employer to say, hey, we got your back, Milton. No matter what, we want you here. You're part of this family. We'll take care of you. Clearly, they yeah. did not make John feel that way. And I, I'll never forget. I, I have a personal story kind of in this nature. When I was 18 years old, I was a senior in high school, and I played on the football team. And I remember this kid. This was 2005. This kid, I had no idea who he was, pretty much made significant racial comments about me being black. And this is back when the flip phones were like, had the grainy cameras. Oh, yeah. This is like 2005, dude. So I remember my coach, who's white, he heard about this and he knew I was so upset. And I don't really react to that stuff at the time. And I reacted to this kid and I threatened him. I didn't put my hands on him, but I threatened his life pretty much because I knew I had a future. I didn't want to take it too far. I remember my coach hearing about this and he handled it. He had my back. He was willing to be fired because he defended me, kicked this kid off the football team, and, like, told him pretty much that he's a piece of shit of a person. And I knew from that point on that my coach got my back. He wants me here on his team. He wants me in his life as as a man and as a friend. I'm going to be cool with him till the day I die because he defended me. He supported me. If he didn't, we probably have a different relationship at this time. But I think we all want to be supported when we're working for someone, friends with someone, especially if someone's attacking us for the way we look, because you don't like that this company's trying to be different. Yeah. Oh, that's, I mean, it's 100% true. It's like you're like, you know, their employer, like even back then, like they should have, you know, defended John because it's like at minimum, okay, not to like, 
you know, from their point of view, not to say, oh, it wasn't just like a minimal, you know, like a background right. character getting attacked. It was your lead actor, your yeah. lead actor of your movie. That's what kills me with that whole situation is it's not like this is some, um, of course, you know, obviously, like, even if a background character is getting attacked, like, that's still horrible. But your lead actor of the movie is getting attacked like he's that get, back he's then. He's doing all the promotion. Well, yeah. see, the thing is, and the thing is, back then, even from just, say, like, the PR point of view, like, you, they should have defended him for one. And for two, I remember back then, he was replying back to tweets and battling people on Twitter and stuff. And, like, they... That's when they should have addressed it and went, oh, man, our employees having to defend himself on social media and us as a multi-billion dollar iconic organization is not like, what is the problem here? Yeah. So, like, you know, yeah. that type of stuff just, it just, it makes here, me, here, like, wonder why, like. Right. And let's be real here. I remember it. Kathleen Kennedy always talking about, oh, Star Wars is, is an inclusive property. Everybody's yeah. special. Everyone's then you important. see that stuff happen. Then you see this crap. You know, there's no need for this. I mean, this again, this goes back to that Moses, Moses Ingram stuff that happened months ago, how she was getting attacked, and mass, those messages were just disgusting. Yeah. And it's like, again, for those weirdo nerd goofballs out there, they're in their mom's basement because no one will ever date them. They don't got jobs or whatever. Hey, I'm, I'm talking to you, okay? Yep. Stay in the basement. Nobody wants to hear from you. You, you don't yeah. matter in this universe. Like, you really don't. Because, again, you have three men here who come from three, three different backgrounds who look different. Completely. Okay, completely different. But we all can respect each other as men yeah. and where we come from. And we all commonly love Star Wars, you know? And we can share our experiences about how Star Wars brought us together, or how it makes us feel as human beings, how it's affected our families. And not one of us on this panel is going to sit here and say, well, you're wrong. I disagree with that. You know, I think I think you're trash because you know you look this way, you talk this way, you look yeah. this way. No, we're we're going to say, hey, I respect that. I love that. I'm glad that that I'm glad that Star Wars has brought you into here and able to bring in another cultural experience into this. You know, it, I love that. Well, 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 that's one thing. That's why I like, um, you know, of course, like this is a Star Wars podcast, but you know, we all like fitness here. That's why I like weightlifting so much. Because, you know, a uh, like a barbell, a barbell crosses over like all cultures, all exactly. religions, all genders, all sexualities, all everything. And like like it anybody, no who, prejudice. A, a, anybody who lifts weights respects any other person who's lifting weights because you're putting in work like I am. And like, you know, no matter if we have, you know, you could come back, you could come from whatever entirely different background. And if we're in a gym lifting together, like. Hey, we're all here for the common like love of the gym. And like Star Wars fans, instead of doing that, they're like, hey, we're all here at the gym, but we're all like sitting in our own corners throwing throwing weights across the room at each other. And yeah. like, and that's what gets me sometimes with some of this stuff with like like Moses and John and Daisy and things like that. Kelly. Um Kelly. You know, out of all the people, I'm surprised um Oscar Isaac didn't have any really issues back then. Right. But but like you have like most of the lead actors from this trilogy, you know, getting attacked on social media. And it's like, come on guys. And like, like to me, that's when, of course, like, you know, it's easy to say when we don't have like millions of people watching us all the time, but like, that's when like, like if I was on that set of people, like if I was one of the lead actors, like that's when you go and post a video, like, like even McGregor did, like, you know, I feel like you got to have more people that 
like have the courage to step out or even just the creatives behind the scenes like have jj abrams come out and go no this can't happen have ryan come out and say no this can't happen and right. so on like you know that sort of stuff like that's why it was great um ewan did that because you know him being the lead guy of the series and when he did that it like kind of shut everybody up because it was like whoa like you know they're actually serious this time versus not taking it seriously before yeah so uh, that's the thing right is is John Boyega, man, oh man, in, in the lead up to the Force Awakens, I loved him. I loved all the promotion, how excited he was. He was like as if all of us fans were in Star Wars. I loved seeing that lead up, that build up to what he did in the aftermath of Force Awakens and, and hearing all that stuff, seeing stuff him playing with Battlefront 2, uh, Battlefront, all this kind of fun stuff. Like he's one of us, and to just see it go down and down and down to the point where it just like regresses 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 and hoping for the best and it just kind of leaving off um well yeah it's I was just gonna say to, to, to throw one more thing in there too real quick before we um, like go on from this topic i do think though like even the stuff like that he said in this interview and like the um uh, of course like all of the uh, like the Moses Ingram stuff, the current um, things that were de- they were dealing with. I do think though, so like John Boyega is saying this right now, but I do think at some point we could see him back potentially at some point because with actors at the end of the day, like you know everybody has a price. Like you know your negotiating price. Like if they were going to give him ten million to come back for say a series, you know he could easily say no, 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 no. Not after the way I got treated. I need. I need 30 million, you know, and like, like they could, he could definitely play hardball and I could, I could see him coming back at some point and it, and it all comes down to like the terms and stipulations because like, I mean, look, we saw that with like Robert Downey Jr. After the first Iron Man movie back then, he said he wasn't going to come back to play Iron Man. Like, you know, look up old interviews. Like he was not coming back. And the reason he was saying that was for leverage over, over Marvel because his contract, he was on a one-year contract. So like, you know, I feel like there's a chance John Boyega could, could come back, but he's not going to come back, in my opinion, based on just this interview even alone, for, like, the passion of Star Wars. It would probably be, like, a job, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, but, and, I, think, I, and I think he'd have to come back for, like, like I think if Adam or Daisy, you know, came. I mean, yeah. I, I think those guys are pretty close. Or, or, I know him and Oscar are tight. I, I, yeah. I think if Oscar come back, it had to be for them. And, I mean, look, th- does he really need to come back? No, because no. he's doing no. stuff outside of Star Wars. Like he's he's doing so many of these independent films, and he's getting great accolades and recognition for it. Like he's a really good actor. Like people for oh, don't, yeah. don't understand that. Like this kid, the kid, he's an adult. He's our age. Like he is a really good actor, and I could see him in the next ten years potentially winning a couple Academy Awards, especially for the projects that he does pick. And I know he's a character actor. We've seen it. You know, yeah. he he has he has a lot of charisma. He he knows how to be a professional when he's when he's doing his job. Um, he's reliable, obviously, as as an actor and as a person. Good I mean, on promoting. Good on promoting, but I love him as a man. Like he's got such a rich, yeah. rich personality. I'm thinking, dude, like, why wouldn't we want to see him on screen, whether it's in Star Wars or other things? So, if he does come back, great. If he doesn't, I'm cool with it. You know, because I respect that he's he's comfortable where he's at as a as a professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I, you know, you both have. I've been a little quiet during this discussion because you both have just brought up all the points that I would agree with and that I feel like I can't add too much on what you guys have already discussed. But 
I think it's just worth noting, you know, this is, this is a, a new age we're in here and, um, things don't fly the way they used to. And it's sad to see how they did back in the day, but this is, this is where we are and everybody's got to be treated with respect. And Disney is losing out on one of the, the best, uh, actors in the last 20 years, I would say, um, that's up and coming, right? Th this is, this guy came off, um, attack the block, did a great job in the first movie. And, you know, it has been in many movies since, and it's it's their loss for, uh, uh, you know, just not defending him, but also just uh, being more cognizant of his effect on, on on the entire population, and and it, it's crazy that they they didn't really see that with well, the foresight that they would have had, you know, the well, effectiveness. See, my th yeah, oh yeah, my thing with John Boyega too. I mean, I'm not sure like how you guys feel, but I feel like out of out of the actors, like I feel like the most real actors, like I feel like like out of the ones from the sequel trilogy, minus the um, OG actors, I really feel like John and Daisy are the most like relatable. Like they feel, I feel like those two, I feel like John and Daisy are the two that you could just see yourself like hanging out with, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I feel like they're the most real, like genuine people like John, especially like John, 100%, like you said, he, he's, he was playing Battlefront leading up to force awakens and all that. Like, you know, he's, he, I feel like he's just like one of the guys you could hang out with. Like, you know, like he seems like a good, genuine dude. And like, just, you know, like you said, he's b being successful in other projects. So like, I feel like, definitely for the foreseeable future, like for the next five to eight years, we're for sure not going to see him in anything right. Star Wars related, but maybe eventually down the road, like you said, Milton, though, your point was, was spot on. The only way he does it, I think is if you get like Daisy and, um, uh, Poe, um, Oscar, Oscar. Isaac, like those, you have Oscar, like those guys to like kind of convince him to, but he's, he's not going to go back to do, you know, to do our idea. We talked about before a standalone, uh, uh, Finn series, I just don't see anything like that happening well, and, just because facts. But if he does, happen. and I think, and it goes back to that leverage thing you mentioned. I think if he goes back to do like a Disney Plus series or whatever, he's going to ask for. It's not even about money at this point. He's going to say, "I need some creative control on this character," yep. because, like, I honestly, I do feel like his character was disrespected, especially after that first movie. You know, like Finn. Finn was such a strong character in that first one, man. Like, I always categorize Finn as as the cowardly lion, you know, in, in that first movie, because mm -hmm. he was so, so scared and so confused and didn't know what to do. And he kept running. But then at the end, he had the courage to step to Kylo Ren to save his friend, you know, and it's like, and it became such full circle. And then it's like, Oh, there's so much more potential story. Maybe we'll explore why he was taken from his family. Maybe Phasma took him from his family. You know, mm -hmm. you could have, you could have rich, you could have wrote such a good story for him moving forward. Those next two films. But I just again, this goes back to Disney's lack of plan, or excuse me, Lucasfilm's lack of planning with their sequel trilogy films. Like I, I stand by that till this day, and pretty much, Ray or Disney or Daisy confirmed it during the making of the Rise of Skywalker, how they were rewriting yeah. that film during that time. So like, come on, man, like it's just ridiculous. So if I'm him, I'm asking for boatloads of money. I'm asking for creative control of the character if I want to come back. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely a it's definitely a good. I mean, from his side of it, it's definitely he has he has all the leverage to any yeah. demand he wants. Basically, is is right. what it what it would be in in his situation, which is good, which is he deserves it. He deserves yeah. it. 
Agree. And now here's the thing. Disney, Lucasfilm, throwing it out there. If y'all don't want to take him back, or if he don't want to come back, y'all can cast me. I'll hey, there fit. we go. Yeah, you know I mean, hey, I, I'll do it. Do y'all just got to like write me nice because I'm not trying to be no trash character. <laughs> but like, <laughs> what would happen? Uh, let's look at the future before we move on here. What would happen if he definitely wouldn't come back? Would they ever do? I mean, would they do more Star Wars with with Daisy and Oscar without him? Like, I feel like he I, is. He's part of the big I, three, even though he wasn't a major focus. But I mean, I mean from a like, PR perspective, I, I, I would, how would that go? <laughs> I'm always for the recast. recast. Yep. Yeah, I think I'm okay. like no actor is bigger than the role, in my opinion. No, like not a single one, because like to me, you have big characters played multi- by multiple people. Like you know, even more iconic than or as iconic as Star Wars. Like Superman, he's been played multiple times. You got the Joker played multiple times. You got all these icons played. James Bond. I mean, how many actors we have? Batman, James or, Bond, Superman, Batman. Jack Ryan. Like, you can just name them, bro. What's his name? Um, The guy that... I'm so horrible at names. Um, Will Smith and then Idris Elba in Suicide Squad. Deadshot. Like, you know, you have those You have yeah, those there are guys. two different characters, right? Two different characters. Oh, shoot, they are, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, man, I was... No, 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 you're right, though. Here's the thing, though. You're but, right. It was supposed to be like that, but then they decided to change it to keep it open for Will Smith. Uh, so they, they went with Bloodsport. That's true. Yeah. I forgot about yes. that. Man. All right. So I, my head cannon just, just canonized him as Deadshot. But anyways, but like, you know, you have those big recasts. Um, Spartacus. Spartacus, exactly. Like, you know, that's a huge example there. And like, to me, there's no actor that's bigger than the role. Like, I've always um, been, a, been a proponent of that. Like, even... Even back when, um, like, Carrie passed away, I think they should have casted somebody even to do motion capture, even to work around her character or something. Because to me, you know, um, even J.J., like, had implied, like, you know, his direction was supposed to be, like, first movie Han, second movie Luke's movie, third movie Leia's movie. And then it, you know, they kind of had to make it all kind of janky in episode nine. So, like, they should have somehow recasted and worked around it because that's one thing in my opinion with movie fandom i mean i'm not sure how you guys feel exactly but i think the current movie culture it seems like on the internet especially is like like the actors own the role like if the if the actor stops playing it like the fans don't want anybody else to play it other than that one actor and i'm like you gotta remember the act the the actor is playing the character. The character isn't playing the actor. Right. You know, true. And and fans forget that a lot of times. And it's like I'm all for the recast. Like if you if you come down to your last resort, John Boyega won't won't do it. Like and you tell him, hey, we're gonna move on, and you're gonna have to like deal with it. And if he says okay, then that's on him. Like like to be real, like if you know, I don't want him coming back a year later when I have this other guy casted and we're in production and going, hey, wait up. And it's like, no, 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 you, you're stepped out, man. Like, so, you know, like, I feel like with the recast thing, you know, you have to be careful with it, like how you handle the negotiations, like leading up to it, all that sort of stuff. But you have to do it. I mean, look, they handled the, the Ahsoka stuff perfectly, in my opinion, given it was an animated character to live action. Ben, here's, here's a good example of recasting. If if this would have happened, like, like the rumor that they were talking, not recasting, but adding a different version of this character no one would have been complaining about this. And this is why I know it's BS when it comes to fandom and how, like, we're just so stupid like that. Want, uh, um, Multiverse of Madness. 
if Tom Cruise was the alternate version of Iron Man in that movie, nah. no one would have said nothing about it. They'd be like, oh, that's so dope. Because yep. he was rumored to play Iron Man at one point. But we get to see a multiverse version of Tony Stark, and we get to see Tom Cruise as that character. They'd be like, oh, well, let's, see, let's see what Tom Cruise would do with this character. Let's bring him back and, you know, whatever. I guarantee you that would have been fine by movie fans. I guarantee that. So when I hear fans that say, like, oh, don't recast, blah, blah, that's ridiculous because we're all going to get over it. We're all yeah. going to get over it. I mean, yeah, we are, we are, how many hey, people were fine do we with, have? Yeah, people were fine with Pattinson. And, and look, and I like the Batman. I was well, one of the fans of him to play that role, but no one work was... out. Well, here's <laughs> exactly. the thing, though. That exactly. Batman was a complete. And that's that's a separation of age, right? That's a no, separation facts. of age. You got Ben Affleck, who is the old Batman. Patterson is like we, year we have, two. Facts. We have a simultaneous universe going on where they're trying to build a Batman. Well, that's easy. Know, Matt Reeves universe. It is, it is. But but you know you hear you hear the stupid excuses. You're going to confuse the fans. You're going to confuse the fans. Be, come on, people aren't stupid. Well, people well, are stupid, but but well, we like the nerds know. Yeah, here's the, the, the thing. Nerd. With if you had Alden Ehrenreich playing Han Solo after Return of the Jedi, then we have issues, right? Like you can't. Facts. I agree. You can't like get around that. That that's impossible because you got the actor. That. That's so. I mean, if they come back with Finn, hey, maybe wait ten years, hey, he ages up a little bit, then you can explain it but, a little but, okay. bit, a little Sebastian, bit easier. Sebastian, what's his face? Who's the Sebastian? Sebastian Stan. Stan. You're telling me everyone, no one would have been complaining if he played Luke post Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I, I'd have been fine with it. I'd have been totally fine with it. I'm like, you know what? Give us that post Return of the Jedi Luke for that 10, 12 year uh, period. I don't know, man. Oh, you're you're dude. you're dealing with the main mm-hmm. character of Star Wars. Though. That's got to be an now, exception. Now here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. You you could use a de-aging technology, and, and, which obviously they've done that. But here's the thing, though. Star Wars is not committed to telling those stories in the first place of them, like, post-Return of the Jedi. Like, do we have, they, they're, not, they're refusing to do that, or they didn't want to go that far. They, they could have done it, but it's like, at this point, you can't just hold these characters and the fans hostage because you don't want to use different actors. Like, you know, it is what it is. Like, I mean, look, look at the Jack Ryan series. You know, Harrison Ford was Jack Ryan. Well, prior to that, it was Alex Baldwin. And then Harrison Ford took the role. And then it was Chris Pine. And now it's, uh, what's his name? Um, He played Fantastic Four guy in the in the newest uh, movie. Oh. But like, oh, he's Jack guy. Ryan. Krasinski. Yeah, Krasinski. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, well, come on, man. Like, well, you, well, you have him. You have, um, there's plenty of recast examples that work. Like, look at um the Batman trilogy for n- the Nolan trilogy. Um, Rachel gets recasted from Batman Begins to The Dark exactly. Knight, like so. Oh, you know, you, you know, Terrence you have, Howard, Iron Man, War yep. Machine, exactly. Edward, so Norton, Edward Norton Jr. <laughs> right yeah. there. Hulk. Yeah, you have you have so many recasts that happen, and to me, you could easily address it too by just having like the current actor. Say, say if Mark Hamill comes out and says, "Hey, I support actor, you know, whatever fill in the blank, blah blah blah. Here's why." Then, you know, anybody that complains, send them that video. Like, that's all you got to do. And, like, as long as they have them approved, you're good. The only situation that it can't really happen in currently is Indiana Jones because Harrison Ford literally said, Indiana Jones dies with me. <laughs> um, but other, other than that, like, I feel like every other character is, like, you know, you're pretty much greenlit to go. And to me, I mean, even Indy, like, it's like Chris Pratt should be Indy in my, in my opinion. But, yeah. but like, you have – I, I just don't think – it's an issue in my opinion, because like, if you go and 
do like a recast, for example, like with with uh, with John and and in his, you know, with Daisy and Adam and Oscar. Like, of course, it may if the whole thing like Campy has talked about it, Harloff's talked about it before, like, you know, it'll be off for about five minutes and then you'll move on because it's the yeah. character. Like, yeah, I, as long as they're a good enough actor, it's good. I think I think Disney's stance on this and this is historical they have fine with doing prequel versions of the characters, but as of right now, we have not seen any instance of them continuing um, a character after they've already been presented um, beforehand. I'm not wording that yep. correctly. But they won't do after the actor played them with the new actor. It seems like they, they're fine with like just saying, oh, it's just 10 to 30 years before. That's why it looks different. But they have a hard time of like really putting their foot in the ground and be like, this is our new actor after this event. That's what it seems yeah. like to me. Yeah, it's goofy to me. But well, I mean, it's like I said, because everybody wants to see Luke wreck people when he's in his prime. But we ain't go- we're never going to get that. And that's why. Or, or, or we can do an animated version. That's just me. That's I, why I, I we wa- never I got. Yeah, that's why. And I believe that's why we never got Legends stuff. Um, that's why they revamped all the canon because Mark Hamill's too old to play Hair of the Jedi. Luke, no, that's fine. Um, but here's the thing, though: you got the technology. I'm not talking about even doing live action, but not like, with that new guy, even. Right, but I'm saying like, we those cinema. Okay, Knights of the Old Republic cinematics. Those trailers. You tell like I've watched those trailers fire. Like you can turn that into a movie. I've watched the Resident Evil movies like the animated movies that are on netflix or whatever those like the resident evil damnations you know all that have you guys seen those before yep yeah those are good they're all like animated like cgi animation so good it looks great you could have you could have told that like stories like that and like a mini series or something in animation i mean clone wars is fire but you got to take some time and spend some more money to make it look like a little more realistic i'd have been cool with that use use your voices you know, mm-hmm. give us the voices of the actors. I'd have been totally fine with that. I can believe that animation version of Han Solo is played by Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. That is a way of doing it. Yeah, that is certainly a way I, of doing I, it. It had been fine with me. I'd be like, oh, great. Let's, let's tell this story as animation. But now that they're old, let's give them the live action version. Mm. Yeah. And like, I think a lot of that stuff, too, it could easily be resolved. You know, we, we've, we've said it since day one of this podcast. If they could just communicate with us as the fans and just be straight up, like have have a uh, j- say John and Dave come out and be like, hey, like give us an hour long podcast video of them just sitting talking on a round table. Like, hey, guys, this is why we're recasting X character. And this is the reasoning why blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, give all the angles to it and just communicate with the fans versus like, you know, delay, delay, delay. Uh, you know, this is happening. This is not happening. Cancel project. This project is announced. Five other projects are canceled. Like, you know, you have all these miscommunications and then we're just left in the dark. Like if they would just open up and talk to the fans and communicate, I think it would be such a helpful thing, especially if they would ever recast. Yeah. So that's to be determined. But don't expect John Boyega and anything, unfortunately, with Star Wars anytime soon. But what can you expect with Star Wars soon? Well, we have a little series coming out in just a few weeks called Andor. And we got our first clip for Andor. It's between Andor and Luthien Rael. Rael, R-A-E-L. Not sure how to pronounce that. We will soon enough. Um, 
but yes, yeah, Stellan Skarsgård is that character that's opposite of Diego Luna in this scene, which is just dialogue, but you can tell that there is something special about this scene because basically it looks like it's Andor's first meeting with this character and they're doing some kind of deal of something that Diego went on a mission, got for Stellan Skarsgård's character, Luthien. And Luthien's saying, wait a minute, how'd you get this? Like, I'll give you info, I'll give you money if you tell me how you got into the Empire's base and got this, this whatever it is he's giving him. I don't, I'm not sure exactly. Um, I just thought the intensity of the conversation, the dialogue, the, the everything, that the, the delivery of the dialogue for both of the characters... I gotta say, I really like the accent that Stellan Skarsgård, this really gruff, kind of gritty voice, and just very commanding on, on, on with presence. And you have Cassian Andor saying he's spitting in Imperial's food. I'll throw it over to Milton. What'd you think about this? Did you get a chance to check it out? Sorry to disappoint you, fellas. I didn't watch it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I didn't. Like I said, my day's been crazy today, but um, no, I plan on watching it probably later this evening before I head to bed, but uh, I mean, I'll I'll say it this way. I'm excited for this show. Everything I've seen when it comes to like trailers and stuff and what I've read, I'm, I'm feeling good about this project. I mean, honest to God, it's going to be crazy to say, but this might be the best Star Wars live action series that we might get. Because, I, but I because I truly feel like, even though we were saying this about Obi Wan, how we we know that's a great character and they should take care of that. What I've seen thus far, it's like. This feels very movie quality type of writing and display. And because Rogue One was such a big hit and it's such a connective tissue with like a, with a new hope, it's like I think they're going to do it justice. So I'm I'm con- I'm excited about this show. And I think with the delays with this, I think it did its justice to do it on purpose just to make sure that everything was done right, just to tighten some stuff up. So I'm excited for this show. Yeah, Ben. Now, tell me if you get this vibe, because me and you are concurrently watching House of the Dragon, airing on HBO, HBO Max. No, I'm not getting paid by them, so I don't know why I actually said it that way. It's amazing. Just watch it. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) But I got, like, some Game of Thrones, some HBO prestige dialogue acting feelings from this scene. Get, you know... Am I crazy in thinking that? But just like a simple scene between two characters standing with little to no music, but on a actual sound, like a set. Like I was getting some Game of Thrones, some Sopranos, some Breaking Bad, just good old fashioned actor talking to actor. But their dialogue, their delivery is so interesting that you're engaged, even though there's not much else going on in the background. Oh, yeah. Like, I think, um, yeah, I think the dialogue, it, it catches you the like the tone of the scene does and i think that's what's going to be a big part of this series is like the tone of it all um just because you know you have you know obviously it was shot differently it wasn't shot just strictly in the volume which is in my opinion um ideal because like at this point not to like you know not to like take shots at the volume but i mean just to keep it real i I think we need to start shooting more on scene on on location stuff again because some of the volume stuff is getting to be a little bit too much for my for my liking. Um, so I'm glad this this was actually shot. You know, it had some on location stuff. It was shot in Pinewood, I believe. Um, so you know, you have different um, locations where it was taken. Um, and then you know, like I said, just the tone of the series, I think, is the the big thing that's going to be an interesting factor. And I agree with you, Milton. 
Like, I think this has potential to be the best Star Wars live-action series um, under the Disney umbrella, that's for sure, just because of the, the tone of it. And, um, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down. I feel like it's going to eventually, at minimum, I think it's going to slot in as number two behind Mando or potentially be number one, you know, just how things go. Because, you know, um, to me, it's just like, even from what we've seen, what we've heard, I just don't understand how, like, not to sound mean toward the Andor series, but I don't understand how, like, the Andor series, like, I just need my question answered from Disney. Why does this series look and sound better than Obi-Wan or Boba Fett, two legacy characters? Like, you know, that, that's ah. why I, I just, I just need that question answered. That's what, that's all I need answered. Just, just please. Tony Gilroy. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Yeah, that's your answer. Yeah, please, please answer to me why this looks so much better okay. than those series. Like, like that, that, like that's that's the thing is I just feel like the quality, the quality of the show feels so much better. And like I think that's what's going to get fans hyped. I mean, look, you know, we had um, uh, Diego Luna. He had talked about in the interview a few weeks ago about how you know the first three episodes, it's kind of like a mini movie, like setting up the series you know because it's almost two hours in length um so like you have that setting the tone so we're basically opening the series with a mini movie like come on now like that's that's awesome like and it just sets the tone sets the table for all the characters for the plot and everything and i think it's going to be really going in a good direction um you know just based on everything we've heard about it yeah here's the thing uh you said why is this working more it's the same way that Rogue One blew us all the way and how it's Milton's number one Star Wars movie with the Disney era and mine as well. It's right. because you have a guy that's not necessarily so tied to Star Wars where he has to like acknowledge every little Easter egg and every little like nuance and everything. This is a guy that's like, how am I going to make the best story? Oh, it's set in Star Wars. Okay, well, here's my... Uh, I think he has experience on like, the Bourne Identity trilogy, right? And all that stuff. Yep, the Bourne movies. Yeah, so he, he's got experience with like really grounded in reality spy thrillers. So it's like, hey, I have these characters. Yeah, some of our established in Star Wars, but this is how I, my story is. I'm going to fold in the Star Wars elements. There's a... I don't, I don't know if I want to quote this exactly, but there's a an article going around, I don't know where it's from, saying that Tony, Tony Gilroy says that there's, like, no fan service in the show. First off, that's a stupid oh, statement yeah. because there's always <laughs> going to be fan service in a fandom because no matter what, you're going to have something. Why is there Death Troopers in this? That's a pure fan service thing. They didn't need Death Troopers, but they know that they're so freaking cool that they wanted to throw them in there. Oh, why is Saul Guerrero in there? Oh, he we'll was see. pulled from a cartoon before. Like, let's throw him in there. Like, I don't believe that part of it, but I understand, like, maybe why that statement's getting construed a little bit is simply because this guy, again, doesn't care as much as, like, Dave Filoni or Favreau about, like, being super connected He's just trying to tell a good story that happens to be in well, Star Wars, and that's why we're getting it to feel so much different because there's not the weight the weight the weight of the world is also not on his shoulders. They're not dealing with a legacy character like Boba Fett or Obi Wan where there's all this big backstory. Cassian Andor has only been around for like six years as a character or whatever it's been at this point, so there is not a lot of riding on that, and I think that sense of relief gives them a little bit more credence to go around and have creativity to take some big shots and things that might have been risky with other characters. And, uh, yeah, so go on, Ben. 
Oh, yeah, I was going to say, like, the, yeah, with the whole stuff with Gilroy, like, yeah, he definitely said that. Like, I read that interview. Um, he, like, pretty much said, it, it's interesting, like, looking at his quotes, because I think there's going to be a lot more, like, sure, you may have some some little Easter eggs, but I feel like there's a chance we're, it's going to really feel like Rogue One, where it's kind of, like, more independent-ish versus, like, the other, like, say, projects, like, having Easter eggs and things like that and whatnot really in it because like in that interview he did he referenced like the different levels of canon he like the george lucas level of canon and then see because back in the lucas era um i'm sure you like remember it too milton with like the the way the books and video games are structured you had like the lucas level of canon which was like the movies and then you had like the books and then like the video games and then like whatever else basically like you know you had your different basically layers of canon and like Tony Tony Gilroy in that interview was still referencing that structure of canon. And to me, um, it's like so he's really probably going to be like almost independent with this series because if he's still referencing like the old canon structure, you know, he probably didn't pay much. You know, obviously, you know, he has his checkpoints and things to cover in this series, but he probably didn't go like too deep into any of the stuff like on this, which to me will be fine because. You know, as you mentioned, Chris, it's like he's getting into this, like just making a good Star Wars series, like versus like, you know, every little like, say, checkbox, like he'll, you know, things will get covered like roughly, but it may not be like as in depth, say, if like Dave Filoni directed it, for example. Heck yeah. What about you, Milton? Um, what do you have to say about just Ben's thoughts about, hey, why does this feel different than the others? <laughs> I mean, y'all pretty much said it. I mean, I even got to repeat it because it's the truth. Yeah. Like Tony, I mean, Tony Gilroy. I mean, look, Gareth Edwards did a really good job on the film. However, we all know Tony came in and saved that movie. You know, yep. so it's it's Tony. It, it's already the expectation is there. I feel like Tony knows what he needs to do with his property. So yeah, like it's him. Like again, I'm 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 hyped for this show. You know, I, I'm gonna keep my expectations still pretty much here because you just never know. But I'm confident that the show's going to be fire. Heck yeah. Uh, one of our last major stories for the week is the fact that we got a cool trailer out of nowhere that I think tricked a lot of people at first because they're like, oh my gosh, is this yeah. an Obi-Wan season two announcement? But we got a trailer for the documentary that Lucasfilm has been quiet about. And this is being called Obi-Wan Kenobi, A Jedi's Return, a documentary coming out on Disney Plus Day, which is September 8th, where they also have other releases such as Pinocchio movie. They have Thor Love and Thunder, and as well as it's uh, behind the scenes uh, for, for Thor Love and Thunder, and a bunch of other things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I watched this, and it was nostalgic, because this is what everybody's been wanting, specifically to see Anakin and Ewan, or um, Hayden and Ewan training with lightsaber combat. Mm -hmm. Like it was 2003 again or 2004 whenever they were filming that. So it's really right. cool to see those guys going at it and getting the the, the um, documentary treatment that it deserves. And I'm very happy that they decided it looks like they changed the name because nobody was really happy about saying uh, Disney Plus, Star Wars, uh, Gallery, uh, The Book of Boba Fett, Season 1. You know, <laughs> it's just a mouthful <laughs> and it just didn't roll off the tongue very well. So I like this fact of a more creative name of a Jedi's Return, um, yeah, all about Ewan McGregor. So throwing it over to Milton, I know you're, you're probably the biggest buff when it comes to documentaries. I don't know if you've seen this or even if you just want to react to... 
Okay, yeah. So yeah, I, I saw this. Like, I, yeah. I think, I think, because this popped up on my YouTube recommendations. Um, I don't. Are they releasing all the episodes together? I think it's just a single episode, probably for like an hour or two. I know the right, Marvel fine. ones if, are a single hour, so I'm guessing this will okay. at least be an hour. Well, if it's yeah, if it's just one or two, if it's all eight, whatever, I'm watching them all that day, or at least within a couple of days because they're fire. Like I. Look, I watch all the behind-the-scenes stuff because I love how they make the films, you know, obviously. And, again, just this documentary alone shows at least, like, they put ex- they put care into this property. Seeing Hayden and Ewan practicing lightsaber fights, like, where was this at in the sequel trilogy? Just keeping it real. Um, but, again, I love, like, going back to see how these guys came together and, like, their relationship not as just as actors, but as like, they got a true brotherhood. You know, I want to see what Deborah Chow was thinking when she made this film. You know, I, I love this stuff. So I'm hyped for it. I can't wait till it comes out. It was at Disney Plus Day, was that September 8th or something. Yeah. So I'm usually excited about the days we do get new releases, but this is on that list to watch and also the Thor movie to watch. Oh, yeah. What about you, Ben? First reactions, thoughts on Disney Plus Day with Star Wars. What are you feeling right now? Well, um, when it comes to this, so that day, actually, you know, the YouTube video got posted literally at like 8.01 a.m. And I know that because I, uh, that day I had woke up at exactly eight. My alarm was set for eight. So I literally was just opening my eyes and my phone vibrated and it said a YouTube notification from Star Wars. And it said Star Wars, um, like a Jedi's Return or whatever the title was. And I instantly thought, or Obi-Wan and Jedi's Return, I was like, holy smokes. Is this the announcement video that they're going to make a second season? And I clicked into it as fast as I could. And then it was like, oh, behind the scenes. So, like, I, um, I'm excited for the behind the scenes thing. But, like, you know, it was just like my first initial reaction in the first 30 seconds was mega excitement and then disappointment. Because it was like, oh, okay, we go from you know, me thinking we were in a Kenobi season two announcement too behind the scenes, which behind the scenes, I'm super excited for, you know, like, as you mentioned, Milton, like getting to see Hayden and Ewan and like all the stuff they went through behind the scenes, like, like mm-hmm. probably, you know, they'll probably have it documented from like the first day when they were on set and stuff, you know, and all that stuff. And I, uh, I can't wait to see all that, but yeah, my initial reaction was, I thought this was going to be the season two announcement. Um, but I mean, realistically, they'll wait for that. I would say, if they do that until like Star Wars Celebration or something. But uh, but yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for Disney Plus Day as a whole because you have the uh, the Mandalorian trailer that's out there, or actually both Mandalorian trailers that are out there floating around. Like they have to still release those. So, you know, I feel like we're going to get at least one of those potentially on Disney Plus Day, which would be really nice um, because they really have nowhere else to market it, you know, because once Andor is done, you know, the next Star Wars project uh, is um, is Mando in February. So, I mean, I guess you have Bad Batch if that ends up coming out or not. But mm. like in terms of like big, big, big marketing hype, it would be Andor. So I feel like it has to be. You know, you have like, I feel like the main stuff at Disney Plus Day we're going to get, you know, is the Kenobi stuff. The Kenobi, Kenobi documentary. Probably, they'll probably release some extra Andor trailer, like with one extra shot in the trailer or something. 
and then maybe the Mando trailer. But then again, I could see them not releasing the Mando trailer until after Andor because they'll want to focus all their efforts yeah. on the Andor series coming up. So I don't know. It's going to be an interesting Disney Plus day for Star Wars. That's for sure. I think I think they pivoted. I think Disney Plus day is just a day for releases, and then. Because, like, yep. literally two days later, they have D- D23. Why would they put out announcements when two days later they have a stage to announce to live people? You know, so... Oh, actually, okay, okay, hold on. Let me let me re, um, revamp my, my little soliloquy there. Yeah, no, actually, I would say then the Mando stuff would be on the D23 day. I didn't realize that was two days later. But that's on yeah, a that's... Saturday. This is on a Thursday. Oh, okay, so then, yeah, the, the Kenobi... Stuff like that. That'll be that Thursday, and then mm-hmm. I feel like the Mando stuff would be that Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. That does it. Um, and I think that brings us to the end of the show. There's a quick update, um, real quick about the whole idea, the whole thing going on with Neto Republic remake. Just a quick update that it has been confirmed uh, that it is a new uh, studio, Saber Interactive, that is taking over that project from Espear. Just so we got those, we we assumed that was happening last week, but it's it's since been confirmed. If those of you are wanting to know what's going on with that, as much as I am, there's your answer. And I know I said that I wouldn't like want to know what's going on with that Endor thing. I'm not gonna spoil it, but I just found out from some people that apparently it's an extended scene of what happens with the scene we just talked about with like an action sequence added on. That extends off of that. So now I'm like, oh crap, maybe I should see this tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, wor- I'm, I'm But no, thank gosh it's before <laughs> one of my first Star Wars movies. But I like now I have more of an um, impetus to go see it if there's like a, a cool action sequence so I could talk about it on the show in the coming weeks, at the very least, for something to talk about in our preview for Andor, which we'll have as we get closer. Uh, to release on September 21st, but it was another great show. We got some really good uh, conversations about the state of the world with actors. John Boyega went over to um, more documentaries, did some trivia, talked about some current states of, of Star Wars comics, and, oh, yeah, we had a smorgasbord of content uh, just when we think that the well is drying up. It never seems to these days, but we don't have much longer to wait next week. Um, I don't believe Milton will be here if that's correct, right? That's correct. So we're going to try our best to fill in a guest that that I wouldn't say could ever equal Milton, but we'll try to have somebody <laughs> warming up his seat until the following week here on the channel. Um, but with that being said, what are you going to be up to this week, Milton? Um, next, have, yeah. I have a fantasy draft tomorrow at 1.30, so that's my second one of three. So uh, that one's a pretty big one. So that's one thirty for at least three to probably two to three hours. Oh, yeah. uh, obviously, just you know, hanging out, uh, hanging out with some friends, hanging out with family, fantasy football. You know, just getting ready for the following work week, like always. So you know, just the adult life, dude, the simple life. All right, all right. And Ben, what are you gonna be up to this yeah, week? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much just uh, gonna be hanging out. Working, working out. I'm going to a little cookout tomorrow for an early birthday cookout, so that'll be nice. Um, and then just playing, playing Madden, um, lifting, talking with you guys about Star Wars, and that's pretty much it. You know, you can find me 
talking Star Wars on Twitter at Real Ben Maynard on well on Twitter and Instagram and yeah always happy to chat. Yeah, there we go. Uh, last week I put up my review of The Princess and the Scoundrel. I had finished it just about a week ago before we went live, so I have my official review on the channel right now. Uh, currently I'm reading through a Sea of Thieves novel that ties in very much deeply with the video game that I have been loving and playing for the last four years or so, so be on the lookout for that. Um, have plenty of other Star Wars things that I'm going to be reading as soon as that's over with uh we got the high republic stuff coming back out in a couple weeks so uh be on the lookout for that other than that i'm gonna be just uh you know maybe painting some miniatures i'm also going to a cookout um as well this weekend so you're gonna be eating well um and working hard so that's about it for me um as i said off the top as usual you can listen to us as well as watch us you can watch us every uh friday at nine o'clock eastern you can watch or you can listen to us on any podcast uh, platform of your choice. New episodes go live on the podcast networks around 12 a.m. Monday for your commute to work or your workouts on that first day of the week at the gym. It's up to you. Um, so that's going to do it for I, Chris, a.k.a. Star Raptor, for Ben, for Milton. This was Outer Rim Transmission number 72. Thank you for watching. May the force be with you.